And I think all the listeners need to understand is that just how important and prevalent brands are in our lives. You know, we're surrounded by them. They dominate. They make us do some things that we probably shouldn't do. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Today's episode is brought to you by interior design business and life coach, Desi Creswell. Desi Creswell has a free, count that free, no money, five-day focus fix event coming up soon. For more information, go to www.desicresswell.com slash focus fix. It will help get you out of overwhelm. To find out more, just wait for the break. Hey, welcome back. We have a terrific show for you today. We have Mike Peterson back. You may remember Mike from episode 122 with Michelle Castagna, all about biophilic design, design harmony. Mike just happens to be an expert marketing person type person. <laughs> for the interior design industry. And he has some serious tips and takeaways for you guys to help you market your design business. And when it comes to branding, especially, that's his area of expertise. Well, one of them, he really is a Renaissance man. He He's so super smart, so much information, a very excellent episode. We learn all about what's in a brand. What's the difference between branding yourself? If you're Susan McNuggets brand, or if you're ABC designs, the nuances and idiosyncrasies that fall in that category. So you're going to want to listen to the whole episode. And we have an extended interview with Mike Peterson. He dropped some information on geofencing, some really serious technology coming to help us with our marketing. I had a super aha moment when he told me the details about geofencing. I was like, wait a minute. I need to do this for Wingnut Social. And you guys definitely need to do it for your interior design business. If you're not a Wingnut Premium member, because only Wingnut Premium members have access to that extended interview and that extended hot on fire Wingnut social content, do not despair. You can head on over to wingnutpremium.com, sign up. It's $14.95 a month. For that, you get four extra episodes a month with extended interviews with guests and all of their tips and tricks and value bombs to help you with your interior design business to make money, to increase brand awareness, and to pretty much conquer the entire world. But not only that, you get exclusive premium membership in the Wingnut Premium Facebook group. We have elevated access to me to ask questions about your branding, your marketing, more individual attention. We have monthly webinars or masterminds, whatever the wind picks up that month. <laughs> we had our very first mastermind last month. It was a pretty intimate group because it's a new program. It was terrific. Lots of takeaways, a really, really helpful session. Got great feedback on that. So if you want to be a part of all that, wingnutpremium.com, run, don't walk, $14.95 a month. It is super, super cheap. In fact, I was looking at it the other day and I'm like, man, I'm doing way too much work <laughs> for $14.95 a month, but it is there terrific value. And you also get a monthly Instagram content scheduling calendar complete with, you know, all those little crazy holidays that people bounce their captions off of. You know, today is special Star Trek Appreciation Day, you know, that those kind of things. Or today is Apricot Day. This is the day that General Apricot stormed the castle on, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm a little tired. This is my second interview today. So, you know, introverts, naturally introverted people for, you know, to do this, it, it takes so much energy. And it's not that I don't love it. I absolutely 100% love it. But it 
takes a lot. And two, uh, a lot of podcasters batch, you know, they'll do five, six podcasts in one day. I don't know how they do it. I absolutely cannot. But anyway, you want to stay tuned for Mike Peterson's episode and sign up for Wingnut Premium for the additional content. Well worth it. Even if I do say so myself, hell, I'd sign up for it if it wasn't my podcast. In fact, I still might. (laughs) All right. But before we get into my interview with Mike Peterson, y'all know what time it is. It's time for Men in News. Men in News Sash. Yeah. Okay, so here's something really uh, that's intriguing to me because I did just start doing a few Instagram lives. I haven't done any in a couple of weeks because I've been um, moving from Miami to Maryland. But Instagram is working on a feature where you can schedule the lives instead of it just being, you know, hey, here I am, I'm live. Don't you want to look at me and, and follow me and, you know, wait for people to show up? It, you can actually schedule it within the Instagram app. There, It'll be like, uh, is this a fundraiser? Do you want to schedule it? Instead of just going straight live at the moment, and you can schedule it. This is not written in stone, but this is what they think is going to happen. You can schedule it with a length of up to 90 days, and you can um, make it a post. You know, it, It's going to create some kind of post when you click schedule instead to let people know that, hey, it's going to go through on this one, instead of you just having to create separate content to say, okay, I'm going to go, and probably, I mean, I'm just, I'm guessing here, probably it's going to be something where they can turn on a little bell or notify me when you do go live or to remind you when the scheduling's coming, if it's anything like uh, what they have done in the past. So just a little thing there to be aware of. If you're someone that goes live on Instagram all the time, how much nicer would that be just to be able to schedule it and be more organized with that? Because even Clubhouse, it's not just an impromptu thing. You can schedule it at certain times. And uh, interesting, I wonder how much of that is clubhouse muscle. So there you go. Instagram is working on scheduling a live video. So if you're someone that goes on there and you have fans, instead of relying on going through and notifying them some other crazy way like cavemen do it, we're going to get into 2021 and schedule it within the app. Man in new sesh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into my interview with Mike Peterson. Mike's experience is rooted in years as a leading advertising executive at Hearst Magazines, including, listen to this, House Beautiful and Country Living. Working with leading national advertisers, Mike's experience in the home furnishings industry include president and CEO of Labarge Furnishings. Oh, Labarge. Remember that? Rhythm of the Night? (laughs) I don't think it's the same one, though. And as vice president of corporate marketing for such companies as Henriden, Lexington, Drexel Heritage, and more. Mike has spent the last nine years as publisher of Lux Interiors and Design Magazine. And in this role, he has helped national marketers, interior designers, design centers, and luxury design firms better grow marketing strategies for their business. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Mike Peterson again to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Mike Peterson. Welcome back to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Hey, Darla. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Loving life down here in Florida. I'm loving life up here in Maryland. I don't, I'm not homesick yet, but I imagine I will be soon. I wanted to um, thank you again for being so patient because every time we had a, I think this is our fourth reschedule, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm moving. I'm sorry, Mike, I'm getting a divorce. I'm sorry, Mike, I have a hangnail. You've been so patient, so sweet. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course, you know, we had you on before episode 122 with Michelle Castagna talking all about uh, biophilic design and um, design harmony. 
But today we're not talking about that so much, but for, for some more information at the end here, we can give folks some something about that because that was a very popular, well-received episode. People are, are chomping at the bit to get more information on that. You're an actual branding expert in the interior design industry, and we haven't done that in a while. So we're going to dig in on what interior designers will need to know about branding themselves and their interior design firms and why it's so important to have some thought and some strategy around that instead of just going out, hanging up a shingle and and starting Mm -hmm. to decorate houses. Mm -hmm. Are you game? I'm game. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. All right. Before we do it, tell us just a little bit about your marketing background so we can have some... uh, some bona fides, and then we'll dig in. Some accreditations. Yeah, uh, I've spent most of my career in the in the world of publishing and always aligned in some way with interior design, advertising director and publisher of uh, like Country Living and House Beautiful magazine, more recently uh, Lux magazine. And uh, uh, also in between some of that, I, I uh, was uh, CEO of a couple of furniture companies, uh, one in Michigan and one in, in the state of Pennsylvania, always dealing and serving interior designers. So I love marketing. I love studying branding. And you know, I think what the benefit is, is that I, I having worked with major corporations, major marketers and working with their ad agencies, I like to bring some of those practices to the smaller individual interior designer. So we have fun doing that. So it's kind of like deconstructing it and bringing it down for the solopreneurs or the smaller design. Do you also work with super, super huge, large firms as well, or is it mostly just the... It's mostly design firms um, okay. and, and also interior designers. So okay. I'm, I'm really limiting what I'm doing now to the world of interior design. Perfect. Why did I say the, the riches are in the niches? Because <laughs> I guess you have to say niche instead of niche, or it'd be the riches are in the niches, right? <laughs> so one thing in the green room that you and I talked about, about branding, it was that it was so important for interior designers to think of themselves in the the term of being a brand and having a voice and having a consistent entity as a brand so they can stand out from just being a commodity or just a service provider or any other designer. And I think that you'll agree with me and you can expand upon this because anyone can hire an interior designer, but not everybody's going to hire you and your brand. Does that resonate with you? And let's, let's launch it with that. It does. And I, think, and I think all the listeners need to understand is that just how important and prevalent brands are in our lives. You know, we're surrounded by them. They dominate. They make us you know, they, they make us do some things that we probably shouldn't do, you know, like buy a thousand dollar pair of Jimmy Choo's. You know, we don't drive cars. We drive a BMW or a Mercedes. We don't have a cup Mm -hmm. of coffee. We have a Starbucks. We're sitting here wearing Ralph and Armani. And, and, uh, tonight we're going to sip on a Belvedere or a Grey Goose and we're not going to drink a glass of water. We're going to have an Evian or a Fiji. (laughs) I mean, think about it. If, if, if the world can find a way to brand water. Think about what we can do with all the talent listening to this podcast right now, which really begs the question, what's it like to be a non-brand in a world of brands and how important that is to each individual designer right now? Okay, let's go with that. Tell me some more on on that thought. Okay, see, let's think about what a brand is. There have been hundreds and hundreds of books written on this, and a lot of people overthink it. A brand is fundamentally a relationship. It is not what you do. What you do is create a pretty room. But a brand is a relationship with a marketplace, with a lot of people that are, that think like you and that are like you. Think about that. Think about it this way. Who's your best friend? I'm asking everybody now, just put your best friend in your mind's eye. Now, why is that person your best friend? And most of you will come up with things like, well, I can depend on them. They're reliable. 
I trust them. We have things in common. Well, what we're describing here with those words are subjective words, emotional words, words that are based on relatability. And what we're saying is that the people are the most important people in our lives are important because of emotional relationships. And that is the very foundation of brand marketing. Think of yourself that way. Identify the value and the, and the personality characteristics of who you are, not what you do. Because a lot of designers design, but everyone, every designer has a unique personality of their own. And you will attract people of like mind as a result. That's 100% correct. In fact, when, and for Darla Palantiris, my, my design firm, that's when I first really started seeing the difference in the clientele that I was getting, the amount of clientele, the clientele that aligned so perfectly with me and was fun to work with because I got out there and my brand had a very specific voice, a very specific personality. My positioning was unique in the world of interior design compared to other interior designers. And those people that fell on my account or saw me, it really resonated with them like a best friend, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. that comfortable, like that comfortable fit. And they, they picked up the phone and they, they hired me. That was a hard learning process. And it was a lot of mistakes made. And I had no real strategy going in to say, okay, this is my brand. This is my voice. This is how I want to do it. Now, of course, I have a way better understanding. I even I create social media strategies for brands, for mm -hmm. people, and what mm -hmm. my positioning and how to differentiate from competitors. What do you recommend for the, the listener out there who's just starting saying, geez, I don't even know. I make rooms pretty. I'm an interior designer. Don't we all do that? Where do they begin to dig in to, to know? One of the things we all need to understand, it, it really just it creates opportunities for people like me, people that are in marketing. I don't know how to design. You surely don't want me designing a room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Um, and I do think that designers need to ask for a little bit of help. It's by clear understanding that uh, business management and marketing is not taught in design schools. And if that's the case, don't be afraid to reach out. And one of the things we do for our clients, we, we pretty much have a three-phase pro process. And the first thing we do is, is talk to the designer. We ask her or him uh, about their brand, and we have word exercises that help them define, use, use descriptors and adjectives for how you would describe your personality. But then mm -hmm. the most important thing we do is we go out and we talk to 12 to 15 of our designers' clients. If we can do it face-to-face, -face, we will because I like being in the space that the designer has created. If we can't, we, we go by Zoom. Um, and we also ask those clients the same questions about descriptors and, and personality characteristics. But one of the questions we ask is, how do you feel as a result of what the designer did for you? And that question provides so many gold nuggets in terms of better understanding what the, what the designer has done. We get answers like, I was heard. I feel a sense of worth. She fought for us. She was well worth the money. I'm at peace. Now, I can go on and on. They're just the, the, the comments are so rich with, with opportunity. What happens then is by listening to your marketplace, your audience, your clients, that then becomes the foundation for a marketing process. So we, be, we begin to build websites. And so I have a client right now who's Who's a, I have a designer client whose client said that she was at peace. So the tagline for my designer is at peace at home. So oh, the website, I, love it. I know, I know. I mean, the website begins to write itself. And so 
that's that's really what a, a designer I think should do. Don't just depend on what you think your brand is and and just ask a friend. Don't be afraid to like reach out and and ask your client base. Get a third party if you can. You don't always have to do that, but get a third party. I have a couple questions based on that. Okay, so when you're diving in, you're doing the personality tests. How much is just intaking? This is the person. This is how it made me feel. Versus a particular designer's specialty offering, like a, they offer a certain aesthetic, or they do, you know, maybe they do vintage antiques with contemporary design. Is the aesthetics and the actual service they provide does that take a backseat, and it is just more about the feeling and the personality and the the warm mushy stuff? Yeah, the, the, it's a it, it does take a backseat because okay. there, any brand marketing uh, specialist will tell you it's not what you do. It's who you are and what you stand for. Another example, let's take Merce- let's go back to Mercedes and BMW. Both of them will move you from one location to another. Okay, that's what they do. But in terms of their brand personality, one is perceived, I think, as more sporty and exciting to drive. And the other might be perceived as more mature and maybe more of an eager reward. Those are the personalities of the brands. It's not what they do. Right. And same thing with Tesla. I actually drive a Tesla. And while I love my Tesla, I mean, it gets me from point A to point B, but it's a whole cult of personality there with Elon, what he's doing with SpaceX and the whole thing. And when you were mentioning earlier that brands get us to do stuff we wouldn't normally do. There you go. I have a Peloton, a treadmill and a bike. And I've had a bike before. I've had a treadmill before and they've sat and collected clothes. But because of their infrastructure and the, the their marketing and the motivation and how it makes me feel to take the classes and to work with their infra- infrastructure, I work out more. I mean, I still eat Debbie cakes, but at least I work out more. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned so, Elon yeah. Musk. You, you do mm-hmm. know? Have you heard his most recent comment about Mars? Uh, that he wants to nuke it. I have a T-shirt that says that. No, what? he wants to. He wants to die on Mars, just not on landing. <laughs> 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 yeah, because if he goes, he's not coming back. Nobody's no, coming back, right. I don't think. <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about that interior designer. This is a question that I have for you, and I've always wondered about how to separate this before. So we have interior designers that are Susan McNugget's interior design, or then we have third eye interior design. So one is named after the person who would be the face and the voice. It's all her clients. It's about all about Susan McNugget's brand voice, you know, what she brings to the table for the client. How does the branding and the marketing differ when it's a non-person thing? You know, I, I know that brands and businesses still have to have a personality and an entity, but when you do your intake, do you be like, okay, three blind mice or, you know? No, I think that, I think in terms of naming of your company, it's funny because there's so many design firms that have the name of the, the, the company rather than the name of the person. If somebody wants to be, to try and use their name to add some credibility, you can use the name itself, uh, the person's name as a subhead. Go ahead and call it Equilibrium Interiors with uh, John Smith or something like that. That allows for succession. I think, you know, earlier in a career, it's okay to use your name. I have several clients that, that use the, their own names. But when it comes time in those last 10, 15, 20 years of a career that you want the company to continue to move on and pass on to some other people, to some of your, your employees, then you need to start shifting in your logo development, in your brand development, uh, and, and moving to something broader than just a singular name. 
Let me tell you all about Desi Creswell's free five-day focus fix podcast sponsor, Desi Creswell, desicreswell.com, is offering a free five-day focus fix starting Monday, June 14th through Friday, June 18th at 1.15 live on Instagram, follower at Desi Cresswell. They're going to be short and snappy little sessions, just 15 minutes a day, so you're not going to lose your life, but you're going to get some seriously actionable takeaways. Let me tell you what it's going to include. Day one is going to be all about planning ahead for results and clarity. Day two, say no to distractions. Oh, huge, huge pain point for me. And yes to your goals. Number three, day three, eliminate reactivity and be productive. Oh God, Desi, why, why do I feel so attacked? This is exactly what I need to work on. Day four, tools when motivation is lacking. We've all been there, right? Oh, I just don't, especially right now working from home. I mean, for God's sakes, we have Netflix. So day four is tools for when motivation is lacking. And day five, holy crap, this is, this is totally for me. <laughs> day five, stop procrastinating and be proactive. This is the free five-day focus fix and all the topics that she's covering, 15 minutes a day. So if you have an ADD, you don't have to worry about that. She's got you covered. Again, that's going to be on Instagram at desicreswell.com. And here's a free bonus sitch for you guys, a free virtual retreat for interior designers who actually register. So you can go over to Instagram and show up and do the five-day free 15-minute sessions, what I just mentioned there. But if you actually register, you get a free virtual retreat for interior designers who are ready to embody the role of CEO in their business. By registering for that, you're going to get the virtual retreat and tools and resources that Desi has never shared with anyone before. So go hop on over to desicresswell.com forward slash focus fix to register to get all those free extra goodies. Make sure that you show up on Monday, June 14th at 1.15 p.m. live on Instagram at Desi Cresswell. Seriously, Desi is the real deal. She and I have done coaching sessions live on Instagram Terrific. Really, really, really smart lady. You'll get a lot out of it. And did I mention it's free? Of course it's free. Free five-day focus fix. DesiCresswell.com forward slash focus fix. I kind of always regretted, even though I, I actually quit the entire design side, Mike, to do Wingnut Social full-time just because of the demand. I always kind of regretted naming it Darla Palantiers because I was like, well, what if I want to sell this someday? How, what are the odds there's another Darla Powell that's a designer mm-hmm. <laughs> in Miami? Yeah, so that's something to think about all. And I want to I want to go back a little bit to what you said about the intakes and the, and the surveys because the interior designers that are out here that are listening to the show or the home pros that are listening to the show, of course, we want them to hire an expert. We want them to go to you. But there's some that may be just starting out and maybe don't have – the resources to hire an expert for their branding or their marketing. We, we get that. We understand that. And uh, a year or a year and a half ago, we had a guest on, Karima Negmoosh, and she gave the advice uh, to go to five friends and to ask them, what is the first thing you think about when you think about me? How would you describe me? And you might be surprised by some of that. What do you think about that for the, the audience out there to just kind of start getting a run with it? Is that a valuable advice? If I were to do something like that, um, I'm 50, I'm 50-50 on that. I, because, uh, objectivity is critical. It's so hard to make a judgment on your own brand personality and going to friends will help you somewhat. But remember, they're friends and they're going to, they're going to look at you in a friendly way and you won't always get the, to hear the, 
the, the, some of the things that need improvement, for instance. You know, when we do our interviews, mm-hmm. another question is, you know, where can ABC Interiors improve? And it, you, you'd be surprised to hear some of the things. So if there's a way to get, even if it's a friend, to, to do a blind survey, maybe do it that way. I would consider asking questions and, you know, coming up with a questionnaire, but let the answers be blinded so that uh, no one knows who said them. So, you know. <laughs> Say, Darla is a real ass. Okay, who said that? <laughs> Which one of you said that? I think I would know which one. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) You know, that's a very good point about the objectivity. You do want the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we can be an accurate. I I like that. I didn't even give that consideration for that. Cool beans. But still, that might be a good stepping stone and then maybe, you know, go to a couple clients. How how receptive have you found the clients to answering all this stuff? Are they just like, oh, God, or are they super open to it? You know, it really depends. Um, most of the, I'm working with a client now in, in Charlotte and I was able to talk to 16 of her customers and every one of them was so gracious. They didn't want to get off the call. I mean, they just, they, they, it, it was wonderful. And then I have a client that I worked with a year ago and her clients were just horrible. <laughs> they were just horrible. <laughs> you know, I, I asked for 30 minutes and after five minutes, several of them said, are we done yet? Are we done yet? You know, and it oh was, my goodness. it was hard to extract. So, so I added a couple of descriptors to my designer client's uh, personality and they were tolerant, patient. <laughs> you know, these people. So it's going to yeah. depend. It's good. Most, most of the people I talk to are, are really wonderful. They, they love talking about their friend, the designer. Well, I have to say, it's a good thing she came to you because with your help, I'm sure that now she's going to attract her more ideal clients and she's not going to get those those cases anymore. I, when I was first starting out, I had a couple of clients that were super red flaggy. But then, you know, when I dialed it in and started marketing to my ideal client using, you know, the personality and the positioning that separated me from it, it... Ah, so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. So you have a you have a very rich history with magazines, publications, yep. mm-hmm. shelter magazines, and advertising and, and shelter magazines. Now I'm sure you've noticed that the thickness of these magazines, the actual ones that you can hold in your hand, have gone from being like, you know, I'm holding up my hand like this to yep. you know, yep. like a like pamphlet size. Is there still some value? In marketing your interior design business, let's say once we've you know dialed in what our voice and everything is in the magazines, it's a little bit of a segue, but because I have you here, I, I need to ask you. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that because maybe I'm old school, but I also know that the richness of interior design and the content that designers provide can best be displayed through the printed publication. I separate print into two different areas. One is the newspaper and the newspaper can, the best the newspaper can be is yesterday's news. Uh, and that is why they're failing so badly across around the world. At the same time, uh, a high end luxury magazine is an escape. It's an adventure. I can imagine Mrs. Smith sitting on the edge of a sofa with her legs curled under her um, sipping a glass of Chardonnay as she's musing, as she's dreaming, as she looks at the beautiful imagery in, in the pages of the magazine. Now, they have gotten thinner, and one of the reasons is there's so many alternatives. You have so many alternatives. And then, of course, in this last year, COVID, COVID did a number on magazines. So, but I do see, uh, I do see magazines coming back from COVID year. 
okay. but I wouldn't walk away from magazines. I would, I would certainly include magazines in a media buy. I have to agree with you with the high-end stuff, like a Architectural Digest or Cabana magazine. I That is a, a something I indulge in and sit and take my time and go through. But one of the hot topics now on all the Facebook uh, groups, you know, the interior design groups that we all are in and out of, is the advertorial uh, marketing. You know, you, you've gotten the emails. If you're an interior designer out there, you probably have received them where it's like, hey, this is so-and-so from uh, Architectural Digest in your area. We would love to feature you in our magazine. Um, send us a check for $5,000. Let's get it done. And designers are seriously considering that. Does that have any value or mer- is that worth it? Because my my take and everyone else that I've talked to's take is if you take that same $3,500 or $5,000 or whatever, and put it into a well-run digital marketing campaign, you're going to actually get clients coming in through the door. But, you know, if it's an advertisement in an architectural digest, does it, it doesn't even really give you bragging rights as much because you kind of paid to be in there. Is, there. is there any kind of merit to doing that? I would say less so. There's a difference between pure editorial and a, and a professionally done magazine and an advertorial. It does look like it's paid, and I don't find them of as equal value. The other thing I don't like about an advertorial, it tends to be a one-shot. Brand building cannot be done with one insertion in a magazine. In fact, I would say to any of my clients and anybody listening, do not buy a one-off. Uh, it's yeah. a waste of money. It just is a waste of money. And a lot of magazines are always coming out with that issues promotion. Well, beware, beware. You want to build a long-term consistent marketing effort. Yeah, and that's for for the brand awareness. You want to build that know, like, and trust. And if they're just going to see Susan McNuggets once in Architectural Digest, it's not going to resonate. Even if they like the space, I mean, maybe no, you want to build that brand awareness, and that is not the place to do it. Now, if you're established and you have good brand awareness and you can do it on a repetitive basis, maybe but that's expensive. That takes a ton of money. So, okay, so where is the best place to showcase your brand, Mike, and the best way to go about it? Well, I think you've got... <sighs> You have multiple media today. We just talked about print. Uh, I'm not going to dare talk about social in front of you, Darla. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. This is a safe space, Mike. But we but we always um, recommend a mix of media. If somebody has a budget of $20,000 for a year, you know, we would put them into some print. We would put them into Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm going to talk about uh, geo-targeting in a minute. But one of the things that I see that clients that designers don't take advantage of is the editorial need for story ideas. We very aggressively put our clients into magazines through editorial. A good example, I have a client in in Delray Beach that um, has a specialty in custom lighting, and uh, she loves to design special light fixtures. And so I was on the phone with an editor a year or so ago, and I just happened to mention, do you do anything in lighting? And I explained what this designer did, and boom, three months later, there was a full-page article on my designer's uh, lighting expertise. So I would say to everyone, get in touch with the editors of your local magazines, uh, get to know them, ask them questions like, what do you look for in a story? What's your unique niche? I see you did an article on such and such. Would you consider a different type of article in the same vein? That kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of – and that editorial, by the way, becomes a highly marketable item and tool for you on social and in, in many different ways. Yeah, you can totally repurpose that all over the place. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, so, okay. I, did, right. I do want to talk about geotargeting. Do I have another minute to do that? 
You know what, Mike? I would love to talk uh, about geotargeting too. Would you be game to talking about that on the premium episode? Yes, let's do that on the premium. Let's do that. Okay, let's tease. For you guys out there listening, you want to hear more about geotargeting. And I have a couple other questions here for Mike Peterson, marketing expert extraordinaire to the interior design industry. Go over to wingnutpremium.com and sign up for that bad boy and you can hear our extended interview. You have given us a lot of great tips for marketing. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the new and improved What Up Wingnut Round. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. All right, Mike Peterson, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I think the hashtag would be he hopes he made a difference. I love that. That's so sweet. You're such, you're such a romantic, Mike. All right. You're stuck on a deserted island and can have only one of your favorite foods, like forever. What is it? My wife's goulash. Is she Hungarian? <laughs> no, no, but she's listening. <laughs> I'll take some of that. That sounds good. Okay, and I know that on your uh, first appearance, episode 122, again, guys, go back and check that. You did recommend a book, but I'm going to ask you to recommend another one that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. Go. I got to tell you, the the one that has impacted me most in the last four or five years is a book called Beauty, Neuroscience, and Architecture. It's written by Don Ruggles, and it is a deep dive, but written in layperson's language. It's a deep dive into how beauty and good design um, improves our health. It's just a phenomenal book. I was going to say that really aligns with your design harmony efforts and stuff. By the way, what is going on with the design harmony? And are we doing certifications yet on that? Because you're not I doing was, certifications, but uh, okay. I just finished a three-day conference, uh, the Livable Environment Conference, in um, uh, based in Toronto, and I had a full day of the conference where I moderated panels with people like Susan McSalmon, who is the executive director of the Brain Institute at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. I interviewed professors of cognitive science from Tufts and the University and Boston Architectural College. The whole concept of health-based design is here to stay, and I am aggressively pushing our industry to grab hold of this. It is already throughout the medical industry. You're not building a hospital today anywhere in the world without health-based design space. Commercial design is already resplendent with things like health-based design and biophilia. And it is now hitting residential design. And if you're not on top of this, you're going to be left behind. It's, it's that strong and powerful. Yeah, and your episode 122 and also at, at the Dakota conference when we had that panel in, in the audience, your input on that was so amazing on, on the design harmony and biophilic design. Episode 122, the Wingnut Social Podcast. Go listen to that. It's, it's so much demand for design harmony and learning more about that. Everybody's passionate about it. Thank you so much for joining me here on of the Wingnut Social Podcast, Mike. We'll hop on over to Wingnut Premium and continue our chat. Thank you. Meet you there. Mike Peterson, ladies and gentlemen. Mike is always great. He's always a pleasure. Guys, you really need to check out episode 122 with Mike and Michelle Castagna. He has a terrific thing going with Design Harmony, a brilliant marketer as well. Some great takeaways as usual. All of our guests are amazing. Mike Peterson is no exception. You guys are going to want to hop on over to the Wingnut Premium episode because he gave me some serious, shocking information on geofencing and what that entails for interior design industry and how you can retarget people um, by their geography, really, and get them to see your ads. And it's very specific. And I can 
definitely see the value in it. And retargeting ads in general have been super impactful for my interior design firm and Wingnut Social. So this just takes it up a whole other level. Plus, I had some other questions that he was kind enough to stick around and answer for us. So go over to wingnutpremium.com, check that out. Or if you're already a premium member, just go to the podcast app that you signed up for and listen to today's episode because they're coming out on Wednesdays now. And thank you so much for being a premium wingnut. All right, we'll see you over there. Remember to go out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. Today's episode is brought to you by Interior Design and Wait. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. We have a great show for you today. Mike Peterson is back. Did I just say that? No. <laughs> that was in the other recording. My focus, my focus is is seriously impaired. Okay. And he has some serious knowledge volume. Good boy, Mango.